Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I'm Bill Barnwell. Today, as you might suspect from a football podcast, we are recapping the Super Bowl. Joining me to do that will be my friend, the excellent podcaster and writer, Nate Tice. But before we get to Nate, I wanted to quickly tell you about another podcast, and that is The Right Time with Bomani Jones, which is now three times a week. This podcast brings you the latest from technology, music, and the very best analysis of games across all sports, plus a community of friends, including a guy I'm not a big fan of named Dominique Foxworth for Foxworth Fridays. There's also two other shows where you can listen to, but if you want Dominique in your life, listen to Foxworth Fridays with Bomani Jones. That's right. The right time with Bomani Jones, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Listen, wherever you get your podcast and Monday and Wednesday episodes are also available on ESPN's YouTube channel. All right. Here's Nate Tyus talking about what happened yesterday in the Super Bowl. All right. Joining me now here is promised. To recap the final game of the 2021 NFL season, there's a man who revealed himself in Los Angeles this weekend to be both very tall and not as good at throwing footballs as maybe I suspected. <laughs> it's my friend, the wonderful podcaster for The Athletic, the writer for Bleacher Report, Nate Tice. Nate, what's up? Not too much. I, uh, I thought me and you were the tag team. And we were getting on Robert. I will never live that down. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, for for the record, Robert Mays, who is a, a mutual co-host, mutual friend of ours, uh, beat sure. me in a throwing competition, which would be no big deal. Which really would be no big deal, other than the fact that I was a, uh, a college quarterback, and Robert Mays <laughs> was definitely not a college quarterback. And so now I think at my obituary when I'm getting lowered to the ground, Robert mm-hmm. Mays will. Step up the mic, say something eloquent, and go. And in 2022, I beat Nate in a throwing competition. It's on video if anyone wants to check it out. <laughs> That's the thing is that it's on video. Like if Forever it just and happened ever. and it was just like a, a story spreading like wildfire around Los Angeles, you could at least have plausible deniability. But on video, lost video. a competition to a high school offensive lineman. Yeah. 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 No big deal. It, it was, it was perfect. It was set up for me to just look, you know, either look like a total, you know, lose, lose at total. Yeah. It was a lose, lose. It's like, I beat him. Everyone goes, yeah, you should, you should beat him. Like, mm-hmm. like what's with up that throwing motion. And then you don't win. I hit the pipe three times in a row. And I think I hit my Vegas friends sent me the video when they watched it. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, this was so cute. And they, they know my competitive streak as they have mm-hmm. played four games with me. I've never yes. flipped a table. But I'm more of a silent, don't talk to anybody for five minutes when I get met, when yeah. I lose something. Not board games, but other ways, but sometimes board <laughs> games. But <laughs> and they could understand that I, I played it up very well, that I was a very good sport compared to how I usually handle when I lose a competition. So I am very proud of myself. So even in even in defeat, there's a silver lining and growth as a human being. Yeah, it felt like that. And I mean, maybe that extends to what we saw in the Super Bowl. Right, where we have a Bengals team that I think has nothing to be ashamed of, played a, a great game, you know, got all the way to the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl with a lead, and then they ran into a space alien. And <laughs> I, I, I don't think I don't think Aaron Donald is Robert Mays in this this very tortured metaphor, but I do feel like, you know, they they sort of hit their limitations. It felt like the formula they had that had been so successful for so long. Fight or during the postseason at least, finally ran into someone 
who just blew it up. I mean, I, I don't know that Aaron Donald won this football game single-handedly, but I think as we start talking about what happened in this game, I mean, it certainly feels like the Rams turned this around because that defensive line took over the football game. When he came out onto that final drive, sprinted out, and, mm-hmm. and then I compared him to the St. Joe's Owl mascot, like, you know, the, the <laughs> one that doesn't stop flapping his hands. He was just pumping up the crowd straight as he's staring down the offensive line, breaking the huddle. I was like, oh, man, that's a different look in his eye. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's the final drive, and that's what we're going to remember. We're always going to remember beginning and ends of games, beginnings and ends of seasons. It's just kind of mm-hmm. human nature. You forget the stuff that happens in the middle, the the juicy cream of the Oreo, if you will. <laughs> and I think, and I think throughout that game is and upon rewatch, it's going to, I think be more prevalent. It's just how many plays he affects where he's not getting the sack. It, it's just how many games and stuff that that defensive line runs. And of course, with Von Miller being an absolute freak on those as well is how many, where he's just pinning and pinballing the left guard and the left tackle. And so a mm-hmm. different defensive lineman can loop around. So those types of plays, like he's getting the hockey assists of defensive line of defensive line play, like, and that's what that all that's all about. When you can't get the ball off, and you have to affect what the offensive game plan is, just because they're so aware of you. Not only just protection wise, because that's what obviously the Bengals are trying to do and slide to where Aaron Donald Aaron Donald is, but also we have to get rid of Joe Burrow every time had to get rid of the ball in less than. Two and a half seconds. It was probably like two point yeah. two seconds every single time. Even when they were running stuff down the field, he had to go one and done. The the deep ball to Jamar Chase, which was an incredible catch by Chase. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow hits the back of his foot and just launches it because he knows he can't yeah. hitch. He can't even hitch like he that. But that's the effect that Aaron Donald has. It's the you know uh, they they did a study I think that Tiger Woods even before they stepped up on onto the course, he was a mm-hmm. one stroke ahead just mentally on everybody. Like they actually did like a, like some psychological study. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. BS, but the point <laughs> of it, the point of it all is that's the same thing with Eric Donald, even before mm-hmm. he's hitting the quarterback and affecting the plays. It's like, he's already affecting the game because of how much offenses have to worry about him. And the Bengals did rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It wasn't like they had a bad game plan for the, no. the first half of this game. I mean, it felt like that was, you know, the entirety of what they did was let's be realistic about our chances. Like we're not going to be able to block these dudes up. Yep. And, you know, I am I was surprised there weren't more screens, I guess, in the game plan. But besides that, like they did the stuff you would expect. They ran the ball and ran the ball effectively for the vast majority of this game. They, you know, they, they made sure to try and take away Aaron Donald as much as possible by getting the ball out quickly. Um, what I found so funny is that I don't know if you saw it in the post game. But they interviewed Aaron Donald. And they're like, "What happened on that final play?" And he's like, "I don't know. Like, I just, I, 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 I had to go get Joe Burrow, and he did. Like, you know, I mean, Quentin Spain said outside, and Aaron Donald's like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm gonna go outside, and I'm gonna be on a different, a different path here, and just, you know, beat him and 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 made the play. Like, you know, it, it felt really inevitable to me. Like, I think when I when I saw Cooper Cup lined up on the outside." against Eli Apple before the touchdown, yeah. I was like, well, this is going to be a fade. <laughs> like, like, there's nothing else this could be. <laughs> like, you know, it's a back shoulder, not a fade, I guess. But, you but, know, yeah. it just felt like, okay, like, this is the obvious mismatch. And, yeah. like, the Rams, the, 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 these dudes who are absolute just, you know, top-tier bona fide superstars are just going to win against the weak points on this Bengals roster. And, and as good as the Bengals were for the vast majority of this game, it felt like eventually just 
those dudes took over in the moments where the Rams needed a big play. It's funny what you say about the Aaron Donald. Like, I don't know. I just got the ball. Uh, yeah. I, it just, uh, I think it was, I want, really want to say it was Zach Lowe had an article where he, ESPN Zach Lowe. So way to go. Way mm-hmm. to bring that synergy, Nate. Uh, is he was talking to Tony Allen about how he teaches somebody to fight through a screen. Mm-hmm. And Tony Allen, trick or treat Tony Allen was like, you just do it. <laughs> and he's like yeah yeah okay no i get that and zach's like trying to like pick, pick his brain like so as you bend you really focus on like a, a hip that you look for and, and tony i was like you just you have to get through it so you just do it and it's like sometimes that's how those guys are wired it's just mm-hmm. just go do it you know those who can do those who can't like myself teach and then those who can't teach work in media like myself <laughs> <laughs> um, so but it's that's what's so so incredible Aaron Donald he just at any time you can see his ears pinned back and it's every play he's affecting it and then other plays he's like okay he went super saiyan it's like I, I'm gonna turn it up even more I, my hair my literal hair is gonna be on fire and that fade that that fade play uh I grew up I grew up around Randy Moss and a lot of touchdowns Randy Moss were fades at the goal line we, I understand people's frustrations with goal line fades, but it's a true advantage play. We have a guy, mm-hmm. it, it's, those are considered 50-50 balls, but if you have a guy that catches them 80-20, all right, I like that. I like that a little yeah. better than maybe jamming our, jamming our head into the ground on a run. A lot of those plays, <laughs> <laughs> which the Rams like to do, the Rams' name was very literal. Like, they mm-hmm. were loving ramming their head, like, right into the line of scrimmage all game yesterday, mm-hmm. but it, it's... Those plays, it's a run play. If it's if the uh, if it's basically cover zero, goal line cover zero. Okay, we'll throw a fade. And those plays aren't great if you have just an okay receiver, or it's like ah, mm-hmm. we don't know. When you have Cooper Cup, who offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup, it's like yeah, that's an advantage. That's that's definitely an advantage against. Uh, I, apparently, Robert Woods called him applesauce, so <laughs> <laughs> that's what he made him made him out to be. But that's why you get those stars is that when mm-hmm. everything else is equal, it's the true advantage, the 99 overall guys. It's, Oh my yeah. God, we we're petrified. And you forget sometimes in the heat of the moment, especially with coaches and what plays they call, they're just like, what's our best play they They forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have to account for player X and player Y that could absolutely dominate us. It's not mm-hmm. no fault of their own. It's just, it is what it is. That's what happens. But that's why as a team, you get those stars because they could take advantage of those moments. Mm-hmm. How excited were you to see the Sean McVay call sheet? I I found one play already. I found one. <laughs> I found one that he called uh, Chris Brown smart at smart football. He like was like, oh, I think this because I, I, I couldn't believe how illegible some of it was. I was like, OK, I can read that part. I can read that. Part. I can't believe it's you like knew a, I, I can't believe you knew it's I like a prescription. Already. It really I was. I, I know you did. <laughs> it was Chris, reading Dr. Chris Brown. Dr. Chris Brown was yeah. the first person I thought of, and you were like number two, I would say, in terms of like, oh, Nate's going to go through this entire call sheet. Absolutely. I recognize uh, one of them, they they had a kill play on it. They called it can, where they went from run to run, but that's not as cool a point out. It's like, okay, there was another mm-hmm. run. But then I, right. I did find I did find one. It was a uh, backside dig, or I shouldn't say backside dig. It was a dig to um, Hopkins, the yeah. third string tight end that, yes. that was like, uh, I, I compared him to an, he had one catch where three Bengals were trying to bring him down and it was yeah. like a bunch of lions jumping on an elephant. Do you, do you remember, do you remember in Lord of the Rings return of the King when the, yeah. the ghost warriors or whatever come and they, they attack the jumbo elephant like, and they bring it <laughs> and they bring them all down. 
that's what it was like him getting tackled it's like like coming down but anyways he catches this dig and it was a, a very cool thing and chris brown of course found the the lingo on it so that was fun for me it's piecing those puzzle pieces together there was a price hop there's a price in hopkins catching this game where he caught it in like installments like he like triple caught it and i was just like oh, oh yeah God. I felt so bad. I could just see him like knowing I'm going to drop this pass. I'm going to drop this pass. And then he caught it. I felt so relieved for him. As the son of a big Y tight end and my dad, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think maybe just some of that's in my brain as well. It's like, mm-hmm. you're just a big dude. It's like, just catch the ball and fall forward, catch the ball yeah. and fall forward. Then he, oh he my got God. Like 16 yards. He got, he did. Yes. He had a couple where he was catching a run. There was one, he caught an outs. They had him split outside as like the mm-hmm. low or outside receiver. And he caught like a hitch. And like the safe, whoever was on him, I want to say it was a safety because it was like, man, mm-hmm. he's like was pushing, like he threatened him vertically. <laughs> it's like it's Bryson Hopkins. He's this big, he's a big dude. I don't think he's going to be built, running a vertical route on you, but <laughs> yeah, he stepped, he stepped up, had a couple of catches. The the unbelievable Stafford throw to Cooper Cup that I won't stop shutting up, shutting up about on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, is that got set up because of a underneath throw to Bryson Hopkins earlier on the drive. They ran mm-hmm. the exact same concept. Stafford Pepper Hopkins, I think he got eight yards on it. So yep. that was in the defense's mind. And so the next second down, they run the exact same concept. Bob Bell's like, oh, I know what's coming here. And Stafford proceeded to throw a generational no-look throw in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter uh, on a dig route. Most no-look throws are like screens or like nakeds mm-hmm. or something like that. No, let's just throw a dig, no-look, just because <laughs> we, we can. That's They're a different play. We're talking about aliens. That was an alien throw. Yeah. I, I love the idea of the safety being like, oh no, that's Bryson Hopkins. Backpedal. <laughs> Jesus. I I want to show, I couldn't believe it. you got to see it. It's just the guy was bailing. I'm he, watching he, it right hey, now. It's great. Right? He's got to stay over the top. You got to <laughs> yeah. worry about that vertical speed. He's wearing 88. Get... He's wearing 88. <laughs> Receivers now, if you see a teen number, it's like, okay, we got to worry. Now we single yeah. digits, it's like, okay, 88s. Yeah. Uh, you can, 83 safe. is not very scary. And 88 is not very scary. It's like when you see, or 49 for a running back, you're like, oh man, yeah, this, yeah, this guy's, you know, when you see those preseason numbers in effect, that's when you, uh, that's when you kind of don't, you have to know that even if you don't know the exact personnel. Yeah. This dude is working between the tackles for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I, let me ask you this because certainly you mentioned, I mean, the crazy third of cup, um, which was awesome. And I put in my column and I believe I linked to your, your screenshots of the play. Um, were you surprised the Rams did not get the ball to cup more frequently earlier in this game? Like, do you think, obviously, you, you need to go watch the game back again. I need to watch the game back again now that we have access to the All-22. But it certainly felt like, you know, Cooper Cup was not the, the focal point of the offense for a stretch of this game. And I don't think that was by design from the Rams' perspective. So were you, were you surprised that the Bengals were able to kind of, you know, keep Cooper Cup as sort of an ancillary figure until the final drive of this football game? Yeah, I think some of it was the original game plan that the Rams had, and that's why OBJ was catching so many balls. It was, okay, if you want to really focus on Cup, we'll just hit hit the other guy and let him, you know, let him roll. But of course, OBJ gets hurt. And I think in the second half, really before the fourth quarter, because obviously that last drive, it was like, oh, wow, they, it clicked for them. And that play that I mentioned before, the Chris Brown play that uh, I found the play on or found the, mm-hmm. the catch to Hopkins on third down. Those concepts is what the Rams kept trying to get to, which was uh, with the, with the Bengals running a lot of robber or running a lot of mm-hmm. three buzz, where the safety yep. is kind of that whole player in the middle. 
they were trying to run two inbreakers to occupy him. So they would have the first guy, which sometimes actually they would have Cup as the lone receiver on the other side, but it would be Van Jefferson, let's say, would be occupying the, the robber player. Okay, this is an inbreaking route. Robert's like, oh, first inbreaker out. I'm going to take him. And that's why you mm-hmm. see Hopkins catching a dig because he's the outside right. dig coming around it. It's, that's the space that's voided. If you look at a arches or an angles angle concept, an option concept mm-hmm. that the teams run from the slaughter to their tight end or running back is mm-hmm. those plays a lot will have a crosser first. And then you have the mm-hmm. angle route behind, behind it. Same type of thinking. Let's occupy the whole player and let's run something behind it. So mm-hmm. I think it was more... We really like this play, but if we keep cup in it, it might screw up the look. It might change what they do to us. So I think that's really what it was at first. And I think in the last drive, they just said, screw it. Like <laughs> this is this is for all the marbles. Say hey, what we this is our offensive player of the year. This is our best player on our offense. Let's just spam it. Spam it. Cause they moved him, <laughs> they moved him all over. They ran the choice route to him where he had to sit. They had him at like the the number three slot spot, and he had like mm-hmm. ran an outbreaker which was actually a really tough throw and catch that they had. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really what happened. It was, it was at first it was like, Oh, we like these plays better. And at the end they're like, eh, this is why we have stars. So let's just let them <laughs> be, go, go be stars. Sometimes football is easy. Just put your best players yeah. in the best spots and just get them the ball as much as possible. At some point they're just like, we like this dude better. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't blame them. I'm, I'm surprised it took them so long to get to that point, especially given that they had been struggling yeah. so much on offense over those final few drives before the, uh, that, that that's 15 play, I believe, drive to end yeah. the game. Anytime you can get a carry to a guy that's seven months off an Achilles injury, you got to do it. Uh, you know, you got to do it. <laughs> how, how many touches yet? He had a dozen. I, uh. I think he had, oh, not even touches because he had a bunch of, of catches as well. I think he had, Man. let me get the exact numbers for Cam Akers. I know it was like negative nine EPA, and that was with a big first down Unreal. on that final drive. 13 carries for 21 yards. For Cam Akers in this game. I mean, from my perspective, as a nerd who did not play the game and is not a coach, it seems quite obvious to me that this was not working. You are someone who played the game. You are someone who has coached. You are someone who is much smarter than me. So please explain it to me like I'm six years old. Why did the Rams insist on running the football so often in this game while having virtually no success doing so? I honestly think they just kept taking the bait and the yeah. Bengals were playing. It felt to me on first and second down. And again, it's this is guess it's a educated guess just based off sure. TV copy. Is that with all the too high stuff? Was they're like, well, this is a great run look. This is this, and this is what offenses I've run into this entire season with more and more defenses being in too high. Well, this is a great box count for what we want to run. And mm-hmm. I think that they just kept taking the bait because it really felt to me that. It was either a guy on the offensive line or a tight end where, again, we have Hopkins, the third string tight end over there, getting their asses kicked, like just one guy losing and the play loses or the the running backs like bouncing when they shouldn't bounce or hitting the wrong hole. Like it felt like just Mm -hmm. one, everybody was off and I understand why they did it, but you got to understand as a coach is it's not working. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, we're one guy away. And that's that's the the fallacy that a lot of coaches go on. Well, this play mm-hmm. is good. We just got to block this up. We got to block this up. And sometimes that's right. Sometimes we're in the middle of the it's after two drives. And it's like, okay, hey, calm down, calm down. But when you're three quarters in and you're still doing it, that's, hey, all right, time for the next stuff. But <laughs> what else you got yeah. on that call sheet? Let's spread it out and start chucking. And, I mean, once they did, it was a lot a lot cleaner for them, it felt like. I also think, and Robert brought this up on the pod, and I kind of just – 
it, it kind of spaced me at first or not spaced me, but kind of, I didn't even think about this at first after mm-hmm. Stafford kind of tweaked his ankle or his knee uh, yeah. after he kind of got rolled up on, it was maybe that they couldn't get to some of the naked stuff that they want to and yeah. a lot of the movement stuff. And yeah. And I think that's really like Robert, Robert pointed that out is maybe because of that injury that there's like, Hey, what's just, he's got hang in the pocket. He could still move his head apparently to throw no look throws, but, uh, but like maybe he can't move the leg how we wanted him to. So that was something that's what I thought the whole, the second TG drive to OBJ that OBJ mm-hmm. cut the touchdown on the inside fade or I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it was. It was just beautiful. Like they had like uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. It was uh, Cooper cup caught the play action touchdown into the mm-hmm. corner. That whole drive was like beautiful. They third and 11, they occupy the robber. OBJ catches the yard, like big over, get him on the move. And then they hit the throwback to Henderson. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the next a couple of plays later, they hit the, another boot. So it was a lot of movement stuff there. And that's mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, this is why I made the joke that they're using Cam Akers like a starter in in baseball. They just <laughs> just throw it as hard as you can. Yeah, just get through the get through the lineup once. Hey, you're out. Okay, now now they're fra- now they're beaten up, and we'll just put the real pitcher in. That's what it kind of felt like to me at first, but then it never came. That next step didn't come with all the boot mm-hmm. stuff, naked stuff. You know, I, there was no like little play action screen that the Rams like to run a lot. Like it was weird. It, it was kind of like they had a real big idea and they didn't adjust until middle of the fourth. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised it took them so long to kind of find that plan B. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition and right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a jets pizza location near you again try jet signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's number eight s-a-v-e jets pizza better because it has to be when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned Matthew Stafford getting hurt. What about uh, what about Joe Burrow? I mean, certainly, you know, we saw him go down. We saw him limp off the field with a knee injury. From your perspective, did you feel like he was not the same guy after he went down, or was it just sort of you know afterwards he just you know they just happened to get stopped by a really good defense? Uh, well, I think the defense, of course, played their played their butts off. The Rams' defense. Yeah. I actually thought Burrow, even before the injury, wasn't great. I thought he was very average throughout the game. He missed a, a touchdown throw or at least a big play to Evans on, on that third down where they ran a nice yeah. little designer play. Um, I thought he kind of missed a couple of throws. He threw one short. Uh, I think the pass rush got to him. It, it, it wore him down throughout the game. And it, I mean, understandably so. Uh, and then I, I, of course he got the injury, which then it's like, okay, that he, and really after that, the next drive, which was almost like a quasi four minute drive for the Bengals where mm-hmm. they're trying to milk some clock. They handed the ball off. They ran it. And that was, that's always been an issue with the Bengals offense this whole year. It's very siloed 
meaning if they're under center, they run it. If they're in this formation, they do this play. If they do this formation, they do this play. Like very, mm-hmm. not a lot of change-ups off of what they have. So mm-hmm. they under center, they run it. I think it was a decent run. Then they ran a draw play, which I was like, oh, that's okay. That was nice. They ran a draw play. <laughs> and then they got to it again. And that's when it clicked for me. It was like, oh, Burrow doesn't feel this right now. Like he is not, I, I think they're trying to hide him and they're trying to kind of get the four minute drive with it. And he had a slant to the Tyler Boyd where Boyd dropped it. it I would say, I would say the throws, I would say was good. It was solid. It was about at the stomach, but ha- as Burrow throws it, he's fading backwards. And it's because he's feeling the rush. It's he's that obviously that knee probably was killing him or his ankle. So he's fading a little bit on that throw. So I think it was, yeah, the obvious effect of that. And also I thought there would be more play action from the Bengals and lean into this year, watch or lean to the game. I'm watching more and more of what happened in the season. I just don't think Burrow is comfortable turning his back to the defense. I think he likes having everything in front of him. So that's kind of one of those things that was noticeable too, is not getting him on the move as much as I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised too. You know, it certainly felt like Bengals didn't have that great adjustment. Maybe when the Rams were able to, you know, get pressure. I, I don't want to be the dude who's like, oh, like this is how they won the game because I don't think it's <laughs> that simple. But like they did do a lot more. Um, they showed a lot more five man fronts than dropped off into mm-hmm. seven man coverages as the game went on. And they didn't really do that much in the first half. They were kind of straightforward. Like they had a couple, you know, overloads. They tried to get some one on ones, but they were really, you know, kind of just rushing dudes straight up. You know, up the field, and and then I think really they got more diverse with their their pass rush packages in the second half, and that seemed to really work. The Bengals, you know, they they weren't able to give the same sort of help. They weren't communicating all that well on the twists, and I felt like you know once that started happening, the Bengals were just holding on for dear life as opposed to having a solution for what would happen if if Joe Burrow did start getting hit quite a bit. Absolutely, uh, yeah, I know. I <laughs> I was kind of at halftime while I watched the incredible halftime performance of course but was started looking at a couple of the plays just reviewing them and i th- i was looking at the rams defense i was like they're not really doing much <laughs> I, mean, I thought i was in some game you know that that raheem morris game plan you know that call sheet's not going to the hall of fame like i mean the defense was fantastic don't get me wrong but it wasn't some schematic thing but it's just it was a classic jimmy's and joe's it was just a yeah. and that's the line of thinking when when, like you said, I, that's a great point about having lining up at five and dropping somebody off is when you do that, it makes the offense align to give a five down or a five O call, which means mm-hmm. we can't double anyone. We have to right. honor this guy that's at the line of scrimmage. And so really just even getting that it's an advantage because then technically you're singling up everybody and not only having Aaron Donald, but having Von Miller, it's like, all right, one of our guys will get home and mm-hmm. having Aaron Donald just playing out of his mind on those with all the games. Yeah. And that's what it felt like those games did get a little crazier and crazier in the second half. That's when you mm-hmm. start seeing, you know, the left guard like on one foot because he's getting picked and you see Von Miller like strafing over. You, know, you remember like in James Bond when you can move left, right with the C, you know, yeah. like the C button, you can move just, just yeah. strafe left and right. That's Von I'm Miller sure. on a game. Like watch him like when he runs like up and up and under. He like never turns his shoulders. Like he just keeps straight line towards the quarterback. It is, it's it's very interesting to watch. It must be must be incredible to be an athlete like that, be able to bend and move like that. But that's I exactly know. what us. Yeah, <laughs> I can't relate. So yeah, watching all that was that's like I know. Right? <laughs> that's what I've always said. I'm just tall with good hand eye coordination, and that's it. But I still <laughs> lose throwing contests to a, a high school offensive lineman. So who knows? Yeah, but watching these guys go at it and how much heat and speed mm-hmm. and 
limit limiting limiting what Burrow can even get to because it's one and done with the reads. Oh, th- this mm-hmm. is this is how the defense affects it. Just as far as having to get rid of the ball in two and a half seconds or less. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll say a quarterback is one and done with a read because they can't handle handle it mentally. And mm-hmm. some some guys are just like that. That's how they play. Burrow is very good mentally. He can go mm-hmm. one to two to three when he has time. But when he's permanently on one and done reads because of so much pressure or the thought of pressure coming, mm-hmm. um, not even just blitzing, but just pressure from the, the front four, there's a third and three after the Stafford interception and mm-hmm. they ran a choice route to Tower Boyd, and the defense of the I think it was Tower uh, Taylor Rap Tower Rap Taylor Rap uh, was Tower. inside on the choice route, and so Tower Boyd guesses wrong because Rap moves right at the last second to like take away the inside route. Mm-hmm. Burrow's all in on that throw, and he has no time to get to number two because so mm-hmm. as soon as as soon as that doesn't pop open, he just has to turtle up and take the hit, and that's right. what that does. It's just it makes every read have, he has to be perfect. He has to go to one and it has to be perfect. And that's just, that's mentally straining. <laughs> it really is not just for an offensive line, but for the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's extremely difficult. And I feel like, you know, we even saw from, from the very first plays of this game, Burrow was just absolutely, you know, like, like I, and this is something I feel like you would know, like it felt like his clock was going so fast and he was so able to, to, to manage it and battle it. But even like on that, that fourth down early in the game um, where they went for it, he had a guy naked in the flat. Like it might be mm-hmm. a touchdown if he gets the ball in the flat. And he went to a covered chase. And and granted, like Ernest Jones made a play because I, I think Pirine was the one running into the flat. Uh, yeah. And, and he, well, he drew. It's weird. The, it's like Higgins and Pirine both went to the same spot. And that, yeah, right. very curious. Very curious. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, maybe that wasn't supposed to happen. And maybe Burr wasn't expecting Jones to be in his throwing lane. But, you know, it felt like he didn't even have the opportunity to try and look towards number two. It felt like he had to maybe predetermine stuff or at least, you yes. know, make, make, make his decision during his drop back and then get the ball out immediately. And that is, again, like, like you said earlier, like that is not an accident. That's not Joe Burrow not being able to process. That's the threat of Aaron Donald against the <laughs> offensive line that he knew could not block up that Rams front. Yeah, that's exa- that fourth down is yeah really what it is is that one's so weird because I think P Ryan just busted like that's my yeah. theory because I think at the snap of the ball he kind of was like oh crap like he like <laughs> you you can see him like the controller tur- plug back in like with, oh, with no. him he, he's like oh oh god okay all right what do I do and it just started moving the joystick in in a direction he was like ah uh, run to the flat. And mm-hmm. I think with that, I think because Jones was his coverage, I think it was man or something of that sort. Yeah, because yeah. then Higgins is flying out there as well. And I think, like you say, predetermining, that's what we underestimate with these quarterbacks is how much they have to predetermine just by necessity. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's amazing when guys are able to go one to two and, and get yeah. it to two because it's just like that means their brain is just popping. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. very impressive stuff. And I think that's what Burrow was. He's like, it's fourth down. Don't overthink it. Just get this is breed number one. Okay, this look looks pretty clean, but that's the problem when he can't just okay. Hold, he's scared to. I should say scared, but he's worried about going like, oh, I gotta get to two because he's in his head. It's I gotta get this right in two seconds. Otherwise, I'm gonna, right. I'm about to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's where you see the repercussions of all that. But yeah, but you get one mental error. And you get scared scared about what the, how the offensive line can hold up, and that's kind of mm-hmm. how the offensive performance for the, the Bengals was. They had two brilliant go ball plays. They had Chase, mm-hmm. 
Chase in the first half and then T Higgins, the first play of the second half and seeing that, but that's really the frustrations of this offense is it's built on those types of plays and it lacks that kind of consistency that you would want, especially when you're going against a team like the Rams who can do what they just did, <laughs> turning it on to Cooper Cup and spamming throws to him play after play after play. So you don't think they should just run nine, eight, nine every snap. And I mean, they should. <laughs> I mean, I think they should. 989 is like, that's the, that was the chase log ball. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's their best play. I mean, that how many Jamar chase go balls he's got this year have just been the most mm-hmm. simple football play in, in, in that you can do two guys, just three guys running vertical and we'll block it up. And even with that, that's what's, that's what's scary on that is that Burrow felt the need to get rid of the ball in like one second on that play, yeah. they had a seven, they had a seven man protection. That's how scared he is of like, not scared. I don't want to call him scared because bro is very tough, but how cognizant, uh, cognizant of, of the, uh, of the Rams defensive line is that he's like, I gotta get rid of this. Screw this. I'm not hitching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's throw this up. Go get it, buddy. Go get it, buddy. Yeah. I mean, that's what I found so interesting about the, you know, the sort of debate between Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell heading into the draft yeah. is like, like, yes, like having a better offensive line will help protect you as a quarterback. And you can justify yeah. taking Penny Sewell for that reason. But like having a superstar receiver is also going to help your yeah. protection. It's just going to help it indirectly. And I feel like that's kind of lost in the, you know, in, 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 in not, the, not that anyone's criticizing the Bengals for taking Jamar Chase because he's been incredible, but just like mm-hmm. there's also a benefit there that comes in terms of getting the ball out quicker because you have a receiver who you absolutely, utterly trust in one-on-one situations. Yeah, and that, that's and that's what that argument or that discussion a lot of people got into the spring, and it seems like we're still on it. <laughs> it is uh, it was, it's just a yeah team building team building argument. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, a beneficial uh, having a better offensive lineman. It's like okay, is Chase a better player overall than Sewell? Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I think he, I think that's not even a question at this point in time. Sewell could still turn into a fine tackle. Hey, he had a fine second half of the year. I'm not. Yeah, like he was good. He was a bust. Yeah. Yeah, he he was good. He had early blemishes. I, I, sorry, by the way, sidebar. He they moved him to right tackle, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I haven't practiced at all." Right tackle, and that, <laughs> that blew my mind. It was like you've prepped all this time, not once you've worked on the right side. But that's a whole other side, a whole other yeah. discussion. I'm sure I'll get to <laughs> lead into draft season, which can't wait for. Uh, but it, <laughs> but with, with that argument, it's just that you can't get the for a receiver. Other things have to go right for a receiver that affect the game. The offensive line yeah. has to, there has to be a decent play call. The offensive line has to block and the quarterback has to deliver the ball. And the thinking is the offensive line has to block every play. So they affect mm-hmm. 60 plays while a receiver might affect a dozen plays. That's where you can get into that argument. But if you can guarantee I'm going to get a rookie all pro receiver at that big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's, that's maybe just the difference because having chase is what's helped them more it's such a hard argument because it's mm-hmm. okay the offensive line obviously would have helped everything but chase also helped them get to this point by being jamar chase right. so maybe in the long term they might regret it but i think right now they're still fairly happy with oh yeah we still got an all pro rookie receiver right now another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
So if you're the Bengals this offseason, I mean, it's just as simple as saying we're going all in with as many offensive linemen as possible to just fix this part of our offense. Or do you think there's other concerns they have to address when it comes to how they want to build this this roster around Burrow in the years to come? What's kind of nice, I mean, they're picking 31 in the draft is that they can go best player available other than and they don't need a receiver. I think a lot of teams when they're like, oh, we need to add some juice or we need to add a best player available. Oh, best receiver available. You know, I don't know. That's like kind of like a dumb team pick sometimes as receivers. <laughs> I, I think with them, it's we're picking at 31. It's either the best offensive lineman or the best defensive player. I, I think I think, too, they did a nice job with all these free agent guys on defense. Yeah, I think they just needed a dynamic player, just uh, some player some at any position on defense. I, I think mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe not safety. I think maybe that'd be the only one. It depends yeah. what they do with Jesse Bates. You never know. You never know how this, this team acts. Like there's a few NFL teams. You just can't predict anything they do. Bengals, yes. Raiders, uh, shoot. Who else is in there? Your giants, I guess would be, <laughs> be one, not, but we don't have to talk about the giants <laughs> right now. Nate, they're I feel not like relevant I, I, to this discussion. I feel like every time we're on a pod, I managed to rope in it just, just a little bit. But there's a couple teams, you know, the Texans, so harsh, obviously. Guess, for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's with them. So you don't know how they're going to go about that. But really, it's that's kind of nice. Hey, best player available, which is whoever the highest guy on our board is. Mm-hmm. And there's a decent, and being with Bleach Report for the draft stuff, there's some decent guard and tackle options in that mm-hmm. kind of range where they'll be picking. So they can maybe find a guy that makes sense. But they have to. They have some money to spend in free agency. Um, they need, they just need an influx of talent. They need at least three new starters. And if you can at least get sometimes going from, uh, like tiers of players, even going from below average to average or below average to above average is still a huge Mm -hmm. boon for an off or for your personnel. If you're going from poor and you just get competency average, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's still two tiers better. And we're, you know, it doesn't have to be below average to excellent. You don't have to go from a, a below replacement starter to an all pro but just getting competency. So that's why I think that they just need a whole bunch of, they need to shore it up somehow and get an influx of talent there too. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did on defense, right? You know, none, yep. those guys, I think they've, they've coached those guys up. I think they're better as a unit than they are individually, well. but I mean, you know, it's not as if maybe Hendrickson is a superstar, I guess, given how he played this year, but like, they're not a team of superstars. They're, they're a team of solid yeah. players who, yep. because they're so competent because they work so well together. I feel like they end up getting more than the, you know, the individual parts. It's the, it's the Madden 78 to 82. That's what they got. They, all their defense is a bunch of Madden ratings between 78 and 82. And mm-hmm. it works. I mean, they are so well coached. It's just one of the cooler things to watch was that Bengals defense. It's, it, nothing was sexy about it, but it was, they never beat themselves. You never yeah. saw a bust with their coverage. They made a mm-hmm. lot of good tackles unless they're trying mm-hmm. to tackle Hopkins. Uh, sure. <laughs> like that's, but that's, they limited your plays. And I think that's why they were able to drag so many teams into like a muck fight. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it was almost like the, the Pistons, uh, of the, the two thousands where they just yeah. played ugly ball and just made you worked. get a, uh, yeah. And they make you get in a rock fight and then they make enough plays on offense and that's how they would win. So I think that was like their philosophy. So I, I, a lot of credit to that Bengals defensive coaching staff, like it, it was very impressive what they did the last few weeks and just random games and the adjustments they made um, to all of them, but they still it's got to get a couple of players. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. That's a lot on the coaches, and a lot on the players being smart for, for a lot of weeks. And that's a lot of ball plays to be doing it on. Yeah. And I mean, from the Rams side, I mean, certainly it looks like the, the future there 
is kind of up in the air. I mean, they're going to give Matthew Stafford a whole lot of money uh, this offseason, <laughs> certainly. But Odell Beckham coming off of now a torn ACL as a free agent. They have two free agents in Brian Allen and Austin Corbett on the interior of their line. Andrew Whitworth expected to retire. Eric Weddle, I believe, has already announced he's retiring again. Von Miller is a free agent. I mean, if you're the Rams, I'm sorry, and Aaron Donald, I should have mentioned the the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who was the best player on the field yesterday. Um, you know, there were reports before the game he was retiring or considering retirement. He did not exactly deny those reports after the game. I mean, there's, there's major questions surrounding this team. And, and I guess my question to you is when I look at Beckham, I guess Beckham and Miller, between those two, is there a player who you feel like the Rams should prioritize to bring back? Is this a standout or is it just whoever you can get, you should just bring back? I think it's whoever you can get. I think bringing back Von Miller on some on some deal would be priority number one. Uh, especially if you can guarantee Aaron Donald and like it's coming back, then yes, absolutely. And then you just recreate that defensive line and have that. It just gives yeah. you you know nice buffer in case one gets banged up. Not that Aaron Donald ever got hurt ever because he's just a freak. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but if Von Miller ever got banged up or that sort, it just gives you a nice little uh, uh, buffer there. I think that report. They started to figure out how to use OBJ, but mm-hmm. this is the thing. He kind of always gets banged up. It's just how he is. It's I, I'm not, it's no fault of his own, but it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of once hurt, always hurt kind of guy. And I think you can find they put a lot of because they have limited resources as far as picks and all that. Mm-hmm. As it's just by design, they were really, they keep trying to add receivers. And it's yeah. it's it's obviously one of their things, like one of their philosophies. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup obviously are so much more important to what the how the Rams want to operate because they use them basically as de facto tight ends. Yeah, OBJ was almost a, a luxury player for them, and uh, uh, that offense. Like having, I think really you can get more of a super role player than a talented, a super talented player like OBJ if you can get him on a nice discounted deal. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. But I think Von Miller would be more of the priority uh, priority for them. But really, getting that offensive line, some semblance of that back, and you need an influx of talent there as well. The Whitworth stuff is going to be a bigger domino that fell than I think mm-hmm. we realized at this point point in time because he still was playing at such a good level. He played. He was up and down yesterday, but uh, but played so well throughout the season. Yeah, it's going to be a weird weird off season. Uh, there's so much that's like just for every team, but the Rams, especially <laughs> this whole NFL offseason is going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, do you think, and I'll, this is my last question for you, Nate, do you think this Super Bowl officially marked the transition of the Rams from Aaron Donald's team to Bryson Hopkins's team? <laughs> I think it did. I think it's we're a Hopkins the- team now. It's the hot, they're a Hopkins team. And then as I call him, Skarsgård, Ben Scroker. And as I, I like to call Skarsgård because he's one of the Skarsgård <laughs> brothers. I think he was in Pennywise. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think those are the two guys that that's the next chapter of this. That's the, that's the next duo. The for next this episode. Team. The, the next, next episode. <laughs> for the Rams. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. We're bringing it back to 2001. That, that uh, I actually was laughing. Because they they the is sitting in media row this week, and you mm-hmm. see the the posters for everything, and like so they have Matthew Stafford, and I think they had Von Miller for the Rams side, and then they had mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals side. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of staring at it, and I was like, "What if like you know it's not Von Miller and Aaron Donald there? Like who would you put?" It was like Weddle after three <laughs> weeks? Like also that's Weddle on there. I right. remember when Pey- 
Peyton Manning got hurt was last year for the Colts. And they, and it was like, you know, it was just a, such a terrible year for the Colts that year. And they had to put like Monday night football. Okay. It's, it was like Drew Brees. Da, da, da. And then they had to find someone for the Colts. And it was like their backup linebacker. Like that was oh, the only no. player they had right there. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to remember what the guys. Oh, Pat, oh, Pat uh, Anger, Anger. You remember him? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And that was, it was him. And I just remember being like, oh my God, that must be the worst. It's like, you know, just pump that up there. That's the promo right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it certainly felt like it was a crazy game. Weddle, by the way, oh my goodness, ruptured his pec in the first ruptured quarter. Pec. I was like, yeah, yeah, just, just give me a harness. I'm going to be good. <laughs> Tape it up. Throw some, rub some dirt on it. What a lunatic, frankly. Oh my God. I know. He and then he was like, Yeah, I'm retiring back to the couch. Just like that. Yeah. Just playing the Super Bowl. I'm the green dot calling every play. I bet you when they're like, he ruptured his peck, and they're like, Yeah, but you, you gotta play. Yeah, we, <laughs> like, <laughs> we need you, buddy. You gotta that was one of the more impressive things is the fact that they gave him that the green dot, which is to call mm-hmm. the defensive plays on the field. Cause yeah, we can do it all in practice, but in the middle of a game, learning in the defense that you just learned three or four weeks ago, you can be as smart mm-hmm. as you can, but that's a lot of verbiage. Defense players don't wear wristbands and yeah. the fact to get it like all organized. Cause that's just an extra step. When you call the plays, everyone else is like, okay, I hear it. Oh, okay. I just have this. And he has to kind of pull the strings, make sure everyone's at the right spot. Just impressive, super impressive mm-hmm. that he was able to do that. Now he can go off into retirement with the super bowl ring. Yeah, absolutely. I love Aaron Donald's little ring ring celebration. We're going to be seeing that for years. You know, like uh, Tom Brady crying, like with his hands on his head, Ray Mm -hmm. Lewis looking up into the sky with like teary eyes, like all that. Like then it's going to be Aaron Donald, like mean mugging the camera, pointing at a ring. And it's like, yeah, there we go. That's a perfect legacy shot for him. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Nate, it was an absolute blast having you on as always. If people want to hear what I'm assuming is going to be just a hour long gloating session about what happened during the combine. Where can people go ahead and do that? Um, mainly find me uh, on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. I'll be posting some, uh, some clips mm-hmm. from the Super Bowl, I'm sure for some dopamine. And you also, you also, uh, I'll be really getting to draft season. Now I do, uh, I do reports for offensive skill players for bleacher report. We just had a mock draft that came out today. And we'll be, you know, really honing in on this next couple of weeks as we lead to the combine season. And also you can find my live streams on Twitch, also at Nate underscore Tice, and then my Substack, the silent count, which I think I'm gonna write something on the Rams run game this week. Just kind of go mm-hmm. like, what what did you just do? Like what what was this all about? So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I'm motivated to to like get into that muck and, <laughs> and see if I can swim apart, swim, swim around in it a little bit. But yeah, you can find me all over and you can find me on the Bill Barnwell show right now. Which is which That's was a true. lot of fun, but it's now over. Ah. The Bill Barnwell show is finishing up. So I thank you so much. We'll have you back on during the off season, I am sure. But until then, Nate, please prepare for the next throwing challenge against Robert Mace. I'm going to be training. Rocky montage is coming up. I'm starting to run up some of these mountains of Vegas. <laughs> That's what you'll see me doing, just in the heat, 110 degree heat. Yeah, you'll just see me high of uh, heat exhaustion as I'm training for a three throw throwing contest against my (laughs) podcasting co-host. That's a good way to go out. That's smart. That's just smart. Yeah. I agree. Of course. Thanks so much to my friend, Nate Tice. 
Check out his podcast with Robert May. He'll be coming on the Super Bowl. Check out his work at Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter. One of the smartest people covering the NFL. Watch his Twitch streams also. That was a big help for me, certainly as I was preparing for the Super Bowl. But guys, we are done for the season. The NFL season is over. However, the Bill Barnwell Show, not going anywhere. We'll be back next week. More football analysis. I'm sure probably five or six players who are Hall of Famers will retire between now and then. So hope you guys are ready for that next week. Thanks so much for listening and more audio on the way.